right, what is up? You have reached two old guys on the back porch. I am Steve Scotch, and my cohort in crime is Cat. That's C-A-T, pushing all the buttons. Cat, what's going on? Hey, how y'all doing? We can be found on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all your premier podcast platforms. We also be found on Stitcher, I mean, on Facebook and Instagram. And the two towns we're going to shout out today, one is Richardson, Texas, known as the Telecom Corridor or the Silicon Prairie. This is really where um, personal computers and such really started. Um, there's an old TV show I like called Cat, Halt and Catch Fire that talked about how everything really started there, not in Silicon Valley. The other town we're going to shout out is Suffolk, Virginia, home of the Dismal Swamp. Giving y'all a big cheer. All right. <coughs> Alcohol is always on the back porch. Today I'm just doing a Newcastle Brown. It's like mid-May out here on the back porch. It's a little stuffy, a little hot. You can feel the humidity moving in. So the more beer, the better. Cat, what you got? I'm rock. Uh, strawberries are back in season. I'm got a lovely uh, strawberry mojito. Got my mint. I'm starting to grow. They're not quite ready yet for the mojito, but having one anyway. Are strawberries ever out of season? Seem like they're in the house all the time. Well, know. you can get them from South America now. So, all right. T- today we're gonna go to a restaurant. Don't want to, but. We're hungry and we're tired of cooking here at the house, so we're going to go give it a try. Uh, within about, I don't know, 20 mile radius of this place, there's probably, never counted, but probably a good 53 restaurants oh, yeah. around it's, here. And it's, to being a, it's starting to be a touristy area. And I don't know. 43 of them suck. And the reason we know, we go out to eat every Thursday night. We just we picked Thursday night years ago because I basically don't like people and people go out to eat on Friday and Saturday night and I don't want to be around all that. So we go on Thursday, we can ease in, the crowd's light, get our deal done and, and get back home. And, you know, we've been to all these places like five times. Actually, we give them three strikes. Three um, strikes and you're out of our list. And, and I know that we're not picky. We're not looking for trouble. We don't want bad service. We don't want a bad meal. We get it. We get all of that. And we just sit there and take it on the chin. We don't ask for the manager. We don't ask to get something taken off the bill. We do none of that. We just walk across the parking lot and go, you're out. That's off the list. I mean, because we know if you've worked in the restaurant business and I haven't, the food industry, you know, they could have a bad night. The manager sucks or didn't show up and, you know, the line cooks or the chef didn't come in. Whatever happened. And so things kind of went tits up. So we'll, we'll let that slide and then we'll, we'll go back and give them another try. Unless the food is completely horrible. If, if the food is just dog bleep from the beginning, then we just cross them off the list. But, Sometimes we can look at the menu and say it's not for us. I don't know. The, I'm just going to get the biggest gripe out the way. And, and that's these places out here, all they're trying to do is separate you from your money. 
That, that's the whole name of this game out here. Um, me and the wife, he goes, just two of us will get an appetizer. Sometimes she'll get a Prosecco or a little drinky or something before, but usually we don't do drinks or anything. We're not really there for the happy hour menu. No. And, and I get popped for 63 bucks, and then I'm going to throw like a 15 on the tip. And, and we were served absolutely nothing. I mean, the smallest little portions of nothing you've ever seen. They have the balls to put on the plates out here. And, and don't – look, we're not the uh, Golden Corral crowd here where we're going to go and pay 12 bucks and see how much disgusting food we can stuff down our gullet. I don't, I don't need a big plate piled up two feet high of food. We, but, we have portion control. But what I'm saying is it's, it's a blatant, blatant ripoff is what you get out here at most of these places, and that's why we've written most of them off. And, you know, I got a friend who is in the restaurant business, and he's pretty much told me breakfast is a bust. There's no money on that. Lunch is, is like a push. And dinner, you know, to make money on that, you really need to sell alcohol. To, to make it worthwhile. I don't know, not in the biz. I'm just telling you what I was hurt. So I understand some of these places are scraping by. And look, when the coronavirus hit out here, uh, we gave them a break, did we not? Yes, we I'm, did. I mean, they told us to go get takeout from the places that we, that we like and go to, you know, to frequently. Keep them in business. And we did that. We did it. It was not good. It, we, I'm sorry. For some, we, we just sat in the parking lot going, why did we go out? Why did we leave we, the house? We, whatever. Um, I mean, the coronavirus pretty much took a wrecking ball to the restaurant industry, probably across the nation. I mean, a lot of places out here closed up. And, you know, that's people lost their livelihood, their savings, their business. I mean, that's horrible. Um, unfortunately, the ones that made it were the chain restaurants. They're still out here, that garbage. Um, not going to name names. Uh, Outback. Let's go ahead and call them out right now. Um, I have no use for that place. Th there's one down the road a little further from here. And they, people like stand in line on Friday and Saturday night to get in this, this shithole. Stand in line. I wouldn't go in if it was free. The funny thing about Outback is this was years ago. We went to this one down Nags Head, down the beach, and they, they bring this brick, big plate out, and there's a little steak on there about the size of a, a Oreo cookie, and, and then two little dollops of potatoes on it. And this was 28 bucks, okay? Nothing. They, they give you nothing. Then it was like a year or two later, they, were, they had all these advertisements, bigger portions in Outback, bigger portions. Well... No shit, Sherlock. I mean, you're ripping people off. Evidently, I was not the only one who noticed, yeah, you get nothing when you come in here. And the list goes on. There's a, I'll just give you a synopsis of how it goes for us. We'll go to some of the decent restaurants out here. The wifey, she, she dresses up. She's got the makeup, the smell good, the earrings, the whole thing. You know, I'll, I clean up pretty good. She does. I at least have a college shirt on. That's about all you can get out of me. But anyway, we don't smell bad. We bathe once a week, once a day. You know, we're okay. But when we go in these places, and it's Thursday now, 
there's nobody in there. The place is crickets wherever we go. It's like two, two, four, six people in there eating, and maybe six or eight at the bar. Got they got the bars back open, I think. So there's nobody in it. It's just a sea of empty tables in these places. Walk up to the little podium. There's the two little girls there. Um, do you have a reservation? And I just look across the room and go, you know, I don't say anything. No, I don't. No reservation. There's nobody here. <laughs> There's nobody in this place. As a matter of fact, can we sit at the nice cushy table up there at the front window? No, you can't sit there. That's for the cougars. The That's cougars the are coming in later. Real housewives of Wyndham. <clears throat> now look, we don't care where we sit. We we've been we we're used to sitting by the bathroom, by the kitchen. Hell, it's just one place out here. Not going to name it. Can't name Sedona Tap House. Now they have good food. Me and the wife have been there. I don't know a dozen times or more. And they always take us to this one little table. No, all the booze are open. In the back corner of this thing, the table's about the size of a checkerboard. I even know the number of the tables. Table <laughs> thirty-seven. Because we've sit there and wobbles. I can see the kitchen, which I don't mind. Because when the little 20-something line cooks or chefs are back there, if they drop my food on the floor, I can watch and see if they pick it up and put it back on the plate and bring it to me. But, you know, we don't understand what's wrong with this. Why we were always, we're always no, given they're, the they're, shit place. They're waiting for this huge party to show up that's going to take all those booze. I could care less. I, I don't know. Whatever. You know, we, we've noticed the, the old people... It doesn't matter where they seat them, they're going to bitch about oh, it. Yes. We've seen this over and over again, just people watching, bored, waiting for our food. Oh, I don't want to sit here. The, uh, the air conditioner is blowing on me. All right, so Grandma and Pops, they don't want to sit there. They take them over to another place. Well, the, uh, the sun's coming through the window. Oh, got to yank them out of there. I mean, they're a total pain in the ass. Sheet we, seat rejection. We don't say nothing. They can sit us on the floor, on the roof. We don't give a damn. We just want to sit down and eat and get the hell out of there. That, that's the whole plan. So anyway, get back to the podium girls. So we don't have a reservation. So they're sitting there staring at that seat and chart like it's a freaking Rubik's Cube. And if you don't know what a Rubik's Cube is, that thing's a bitch, okay? You got to get all the colors on one side. If you don't know what it is, look it up. So the two little 20-somethings are staring at that for five minutes. Grab the menus and then straight back to the back corner table, and there's nobody in the place. I mean, I can't tell you how many times it's happened. But anyway, then here, here's a little thing I started popping up years ago. It's called the cheese board, okay? <laughs> now, I don't know if you've seen this thing. The ones out here are like 15 bucks, and we like to have a little munchies while we're waiting on the food. No big deal. So the cheese board popped up five five or so years ago, whatever. So it says on the menu, it's got cheeses and whatever, assorted somethings, you know. So we get the thing. It comes out. It's a little bait board, like that you cut up bloodworms on. They bring that out there, and it's got these little, it's like somebody took a, a razor blade, like they were getting ready to chop up some Coke, and cut these little thin slivers of cheese that you can read the paper through. I mean, minute, about the size of your fingernail, and had the balls to put those on this thing. And then somebody took an eyedropper and dropped a dab of honey on it, and then some little wafer and a cracker. So I mean, there was nothing, whatever. 
So he comes out there. First, and we, the first one we got was a, a restaurant right beside the Rappahannock. I think that's what the bait board. Oh, down in Lockley's Creek. Yeah, the, the Merrimack or Merrimar, whatever the hell that place was. The, the fly-infested uh, oyster <laughs> place is what that was. That, right, oh. that is the first cheese board we had. Uh, the, I love that. Remember we went, the one cougar that was like drunk on champagne and was eating the oysters? Uh, it's, they, it's, they, were, they were there for the event. Uh, whatever. But back to the cheese board. So anyway, we go ahead and nitpick around this thing. And I'm telling you, if there was a dollar and 69 cent worth of food on it, I'd kiss your ass. I mean, this thing was 14 bucks and there was crickets. There was nothing on it. So we went ahead and got through picking at it. So to show my displeasure with the cheese board that I had received, I went and took the little leftover pieces and parts that were on the bait board and made like three little army men out of it. Okay, now I'm in my 50s, okay, so I should be beyond this. <laughs> but I just wanted to let them know when they took that thing back to the back, the customer was not happy <laughs> with the cheese board. So it looked, I made like, they looked like little army men out of what I was left. I make that a cheese boards at home. No bull. And so... The waiter comes over to, are, y- are y'all done with this? I'm like, what? I'm stuffed, dude. No, take that thing away. I can't, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> so he takes and he looks down and he starts laughing. And they're like, oh, it looks like he played with his food. Get that shit out of here. Whatever. I mean, we, we have, like everybody else across the world, your, your favorite little places you go to. Uh, we try not to keep. If you, if you keep going to the same places over and over again, it's going to get stale. It's, it's not going to be what it was. You know, maybe where you live, you don't have a lot of options. You know, some people that live way out in the boonies, you know, there's two or three. You, know, you can go to Larry's or you can go to Marge's. That's your two restaurants. But like I said, we have a pick of the litter out here, and, and it's a freaking debacle. Um, here's something that gets my goat at the restaurant, and I've seen this over and over again, is people bitching about their food. You know, it's almost like they had a game plan. And, and these people are everywhere, not just out here. They're across the board. Is that an airplane or a motorcycle? I'm not sure. I don't I know. Think We're being invaded. Is fucking Putin out here? <laughs> so, so anyway, these people, you've probably seen them. You might even dine with them. You know, they're going to go in the restaurant and look for something to complain about so they cut the bill in half. That, that's the whole goal, or not pay for anything. They, they've already planned this shit out because they've done it over and over again. I'd rather these losers dine and dash. Come in there, eat, stuff your gut, act like you're going to the bathroom and walk out the door. I'd rather you do that <coughs> excuse me, than sit there and be a total bitch and sit there and go, well, there was a... There was a hair on the plate. Um, my tea didn't have enough sugar in it. it. What is that noise? It's a jet. Oh, it's an airplane. Okay. So, I, I've seen it over and over again. These, these people, I, I can't imagine working in the food service industry. I wouldn't last five seconds. No, you wouldn't. You'd I have would, no patience. I, I would, well, I, to put up with a customer, and if they have a, a, a real complaint... Like their food was not cooked properly, they got the wrong meal, whatever it was, something legit. But these people... I mean, I, there are times where I will not eat the entire plate and they'll try and get me to take it home. And it's like, no, 
That's Thank the you. clue that it sucked. Yes. And we didn't want it the first time, so we don't want to take it home. If we didn't eat it, this is what we do. We just we don't complain. We don't call for no manager. We just pay the tab and walk out the door, and we're done. That's it. We're, we're, none of this. But these people, most of them, it's it's over medium. Medium Medi- on, oh, on a steak is like it's a kiss of death for the restaurant because, you know, they ordered it medium and it comes and they they're either gonna bitch about what it's either too pink or it's not pink enough or in some cases they've eaten half of the steak or three quarters and then complain. Well, that, that, they're the ones I'm talking about, the ones that eat the meal or most of it. And then they holler for the manager to come over so they can take it off the bill and not pay for it. You're a loser. You suck if you do that. Cut this podcast off and go away. All right. Kat, um, I'm going to say since the corona's eased up and we've been going out, things have been fairly decent out here. Um, You know, it took them a while because the, the places we liked, they had the same, you saw the same people every time you went in there. That's usually a good sign for a restaurant. You see the same servers, same cooks, same managers. Right. And then the Corona wiped all that off the board. And then when they tried to reboot, it was a disaster. I mean, they barely had enough people. There were signs on some of the restaurants that said, please be patient. We barely got enough right. people to stay or open. we have the two sisters at Glory Days that yeah. the pot must be good. Oh, well. Red eyes will get you nowhere. All right. That's it for our trip to the restaurant. I hope you enjoyed it and there will be no dessert. All right. <laughs> so we are going to roll right into one tough son of a bitch. All right. This week, it's Molly Brown. Molly Brown, look her up. This chick's pretty amazing. Born in 1867 in Hannibal, Missouri. I mean, this lady was a trip. Born to Irish immigrants, worked at a factory for like pennies when she was a kid. Uh, at age 19, she married Jim Brown. And lucky, <clears throat> lucky Jim Brown struck gold in Colorado, and they were instantly rich. So she went from rags to riches like that. Now, here's the story. While she was visiting her daughter in Paris, she was sent word that her eldest grandchild, who was living in Denver, Colorado, was seriously ill. So Molly Brown booked passage on the Titanic, the maiden voyage and the only voyage of the Titanic. And she jumped on that boat because she wanted to, stra- to sail home, st- like straight home. Now at 11.40 p.m., April 14, 1912, the Titanic did what? Hit an iceberg. And began taking on water. Molly Brown, rich, money, could have saved herself. She stayed out there, helped people get in lifeboats, and, and tried to save many people from drowning. I mean, hell, she was out there helping in the dark, and, and people were just drowning right in front of her face. It was just the, the whole scene just had to have been chaotic. And, and she stayed out there and helped as many people as she could, went back out and tried to save other people. Um, She helped erect the uh, Titanic Memorial in Washington, D.C. Very unselfish lady throughout her life. Uh, She always looked out for others. And that's what makes Molly Brown 
One tough son of a bitch. All right. All right. Next we have What You Watching. What You Watching? Where did that come from? You remember? It's uh, what you always ask me. What You Watching? Mm-hmm. And we watched Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. It's good. Which we thought was pretty good. I mean, some people are complaining that, you know, some it's kind of cart making some of the players cartoons and such. But what? I, I, you know, I thought it was a really good story about Jerry Buss and magic. And I don't see how you could complain about it. it it's, it's very well done. Now, the, the scenes on the basketball court. They didn't spend a lot of money on that. It looks like it looks like the well. Some of the, I listened to their podcast about the show, and they said because some of the actors were perfect actors, but they weren't the right height. So some of them are on lifts, and some of them aren't uh, to try and every, make everything make continuity like, you know, to make the scenes more realistic. Yeah, it's pretty good. Check it out if you got the HBO. It's a uh, you know, it's pretty cool to see how Pat Riley kind of got in that seat and uh, and see the rise of ma- of Magic and uh, how him and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got along. It's 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 pretty and good. One of the best things about it, I will say, it it puts you right there. It really looks like the end of the 1970s, beginning of the 80s. That's just it weird. really. It really puts you in that scene. I mean, it puts you in a scene that uh, Jerry Buss was a complete piece of garbage. Um, <laughs> he, I mean, he bought him, saved him. You it know, was he, his dream. <laughs> he put himself in major, major, major hawk. Oh yeah. And uh, but he, he got lucky. The timing of the whole thing was great because that's when the NBA started blowing up. The Showtime Lakers, right? Kind of, kind of. I don't want they say they saved the NBA, but they. Uh, they had a lot more people watching than before, but Jerry Buss, I mean, if, if this movie is portraying him the way he really was, whoo, Lord. All right. You got anything else, babe? That's all I got. That's what, what you're you watching. watching. All right. Let's see. We're going to Cocktail of the Week. Yes, we are. Is it the sidecar? The sidecar. Okay. Two uh, ounces of cognac, three-fourths of an ounce of lemon juice, and three-fourths of triple sec. Not that hard. Not that hard. The sidecar was likely invented around World War One. I. I don't know. I like where this name got it. This drink got its name. I think it's like a mixture of whatever's left over in the shaker <laughs> and the shot what's glass. Left over in your what's on book. the side? What's on the side at the bar? Maybe. Yeah. You know, when I first heard it, I thought maybe it was the sidecar for like those old motorcycles that would right, have the sidecar right. on it. So. Yeah, you can ride in that and be drunk. You just don't want to be driving. The motorcycle after a few sidecars very easy it is a shaker like cat said cognac would you say lemon juice lemon and juice triple sec triple sec uh put that in your shaker filled with ice shake the shit out of it that's the wind blowing here on the on the back porch all right pour it in a chilled glass and you can garnish it with an orange twist there it is, a sidecar. Very easy. Give it a go. Cocktail of the week. All right. Today we were bumpered in with a band I love, Buffalo Tom. Buffalo Tom formed in 1986 from Boston, Mass. A great three-piece. They went to University of Mass, right? Mm-hmm. I think they went to UMass. Uh, Bill, Chris, and Tom... Just a long list of great tunes. I mean, 
I love how they just kept it simple. I, well, I can't, like they're done. I don't think they're done. I think they're still going. Yes, they they were <laughs> in um, Amsterdam lately, wow. so that they're making the, the, the European <laughs> tour. All right, good for them. Bass, drums, guitar, vocals. That's all it is. I mean, go to iTunes, download Soda Jerk, Velvet Roof, Taillights Fade. Was that a shotgun blast? Are it might be. Everything. Um, Mineral, Summer, those two songs right there, Mineral and Summer, like probably in my top ten songs of all time. Um, you know what? I should make a uh, two old guys on the back porch top 50 songs of all time. Is that gunshots? You're a fucking loser. All right. <laughs> you know, I should, I should do a top 50 two old guys on the back porch list of songs because... I mean, basically, I know more about music than anyone anyway. So he certainly does. I, I missed my chance to see Buffalo Tom. This was probably early 2000s. They came through here. I was, uh, I was working like second shift at a printing company at the time. And a, a friend of mine went to the show. And uh, he, he told Bill, he said, man, I got a buddy who's really, really a fan of y'all's, but he couldn't come tonight because he had to work. And uh, Bill... Um, Gave him a guitar pick and his autograph, and he and he gave it to him. He gave it to my friend. My friend gave me the guitar pick and the autograph. I got it downstairs. I cherish it. Thank you, Buffalo Tom. Check them out wherever you get your music. We want to thank all you guys and gals for putting us on the map, and we will see you all down the road. See ya. Follow me, summer's gone, a summer.